Mason. Yes? <laughs> you want to hear a story? No, but I feel like I have to. All right. It's well, on the show notes. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Uh, this one's not necessarily that funny, but um, I thought it was more interesting than anything. This was back when I was working at the Window and Door Company. Uh, so part of our job was to do warranty work for some of the manufacturers. And we got called out to this gentleman's house. And the first time, it's more to do an evaluation of the product, the product that he has there and uh, what's going on with it, what we need to do so we can get billing and all that good stuff. So go out there. Uh, meet him. He's living by himself. He's he was like eighty. I want to say eighty-seven. By himself. Yeah, old dude in Scottsdale. Um, pretty nice house. Uh, start. He's walking us through the things that he had. I think we were able to address a couple of them while we were there. But he's got pictures of him with like a couple presidents on the wall. I'm like. Who is this guy? So, like, usually I'm just curious about who these people are, what they do, because like, they've got nice houses. So, yeah. how did you get your nice house? Would love to. I just love to find out people's story. Anyways, uh, so I start asking him, and he's one of those guys who is very happy to tell you his story. So he starts talking about how um, back, like, I think it was when it, it was. I forget if it was. Uh, through the Reagan and Bush administration, he was working in government. And in the first Bush administration, he was working on a water rights issue for Arizona. At one point, he was even the uh, speaker of the Arizona state legislature. Oh, wow. So what presidents does he have, did he have pictures with? Uh, Bush, Reagan. Um, those may have been the two right there. Is he too old for Clinton? I'm not sure which it seemed, I'm pretty sure it was more that was the Republican side. So I don't know if he oh, directly gosh. worked with that. So I can't remember though. But well, like, he, he, yeah. The only reason why I ask is because my follow up question would have been like, you've been to Epstein Island, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was that high up in government. But, okay. Um, really cool dude. So he was telling us about his work and like he was very proud of what he did as far as getting like the water rights secured and mm -hmm. be able to work through all of that. And, Obviously, that's been a hot topic for Arizona recently. But um, so he was, we had to come back. So we scheduled a return date, came back um, several weeks later. And uh, when we got there, he didn't really quite seem to realize who we were. So it was kind of a shame in that aspect. Yeah. But um, so it was <clears throat> Joe and I who were there, we're working on the, uh, it was a slider replacing some, uh, doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, at first we were going over to work on his doors and at a certain point he's like, so are you guys going to be taking care of these, uh, curtains or blinds today? And we're like, no, we're the door guys. He's like, oh, right. Okay. So like, it seemed that you could kind of tell like, Hey, we've met before we've had a conversation. So About like, which one you were. Yeah. Yeah. So mine wasn't as crisp. Right. So it's, you could tell, um, but it's. He's 87, so, like, you can't fault him. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, super nice dude, though. He's got, like, the business chan Fox Business Channel on All on the, the TV. Yeah. Well, okay, this is why th that's important. His grandson ends up coming over while we're there. And 
So they end up sitting down at the kitchen table and start talking about some kind of business that venture that his grandson was getting into. And I don't know what it is, but it's like the youth came back to his mind with really? every, like just the business stuff that he was able to just like, hey, something to think about is boom, like, and he's just sharp as attack on those things. So yeah. like, it was kind of interesting to see on both sides of that coin that he he didn't really recognize who we were. And it's like, okay, if you see someone for a couple hours, don't see him for a couple weeks, you might not recognize him right away. Yeah. I get that. But at the same time, like, uh, but then to see just the sharpness and in some ways almost the wisdom that he had to know, oh, hey, yeah. here's what you here's what you should be looking for. Here's have you thought about pursuing this type of an option, stuff like that. So it started to make a lot of sense as far as why he's got that Fox business channel on all the time because that's one smart dude right there. Yeah. What are you saying? Like people who watch the uh, other one, if you don't watch Fox, you're not smart? No, more that. I don't know. I'm just joking with you. <laughs> no, but I love speaking to uh, the uh, the older people and kind of uh, get their perspective on life, get their life story, and then see if you can't get any some uh, golden wisdom nuggets. Yeah. So. I feel like that's one of the things that goes really... And I feel like people talk about this, but they don't know what to do with it. Because they'll talk about like, oh, if you go to other cultures, like... The elderly are revered as a high status in society, and we don't have that a lot in the West, especially in the United States. And how, like, we do have a large elderly population that we don't want to just shirk off to the side or say, oh, go, go back to your old folks' home and go watch your TV. So it's okay, how do we, how do we look at them as being a very useful part of our society? Yeah. So, and I know that, like, the way that like, Biden's not helping that at all. <laughs> At all right now. <laughs> at all. No. Uh, which, and I feel like that that's a good example right there. Like, maybe not Biden necessarily, but you look at how many people are in public office, and you start reading how old they are, and you're like, just retire. Yeah. Please, dear God, retire. And I, I don't care if they're right or left. I this is probably a young person's thing. I don't want a 70-year-old in public office. Yeah. There, there's the aspect of it, yes, where they, they have wisdom, but at the same time, the demands that some of those jobs have, we need someone who's like in their 50s. They don't need someone like us who's 20s, 30s, still... Learning life. Exactly. But yeah. it's once you kind of, it seems that cross into your get into the 40s 50s it's like all right you've got enough life under your belt that you can but you still have the energy to go deal with a lot of the bs that they have to deal yeah, with he doesn't portray himself very well i don't know him i'm not real big into politics but he's probably like <clears throat> somebody that you sit down like super smart but then you get the social media of like oh this guy's an idiot he's retarded he's probably smarter than 90 percent of us Who, but Biden? yeah I don't believe that. Yeah. So you're one of the young guns, too, that just thinks he's just dumb? <clears throat> I think that he's been lying about a lot of things for a very long time, and there's been a lot of evidence of that, so that's just weird. Like what? I'm interested. Oh, I saw this whole thing. Uh, this was early in his political career. He was going after a reporter that saying, um, I probably have the smartest IQ in this room. I went to... 
Harvard Law School. I got three bachelor's degree, finished in the top half of my class, and then basically they show like a couple weeks later, there's the news story. Mr. Biden was then confronted on this because it was fact-checked that he graduated with one degree from Harvard and did not finish in the top half of his business school. He actually finished pretty near the bottom of his, like just all these things. So it's, I don't know, like that's one snapshot, but there's certain things throughout, like, I don't know, through, obviously, through I know the media. nothing about Biden. I just know that he's a war vet. That's it. Wasn't he in the war or the military? No. no? Was Is that he somebody John else? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't Biden. He wasn't in the military? Uh, I thought he had a son in the military. Maybe that he had a son that died in the military. Something like that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but... On like going back to the topic of the older people, one of the things I've thought of for a while is even not just politics, but across a lot of disciplines, and I think the trades is a big one. A lot of the knowledge for the trades is in the minds of the people who are older because yeah. you need the experience to go through it. But at the same time, the body can't do a lot of the things that is required of it. So in some ways, my kind of thought process is to say, and I think where people have this misconception that, oh, these other cultures have them in high regard. It's like they have them in high regard, but they go to them for wisdom. They're not going to them for, hey, we need you to spearhead everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's in the same way. It, it should be the same way with us as far as we, we shouldn't be looking just to shut our old people in an old folks home. Yeah. And the hard part is like with the internet, it has leveled a lot of that we don't need to i need to go find somebody but i think there is still a lot of practical life skills and wisdom that you don't always find necessarily on the internet oh yeah 100 percent. so because the people who are writing the things to go on the internet are people aren't the people with the ages of wisdom yep like i saw a post the other day some random uh um Real estate agent, just a normal guy, got invited to do some kind of, you know, you know how there's like thousands of seminars that go on and stuff? Yeah. Got invited to go talk to it. And then literally two weeks later, he's starting an online real estate coaching business. Like those are the people that you get your shit from online. Like if you want real wisdom and stuff, you got to go talk to people in the trenches. Yep. You know, because I mean, what is it? Uh, um, electronics. um we're evolving a lot with how we do things so quickly. Yeah. But like if you were to break down everything, they all have like the same core, like how you get things done. Yeah. And people just try to find the quickest, easiest way to do it. But yeah. talk to the old guys. They were there. Yeah. My wife's grandpa's like that. He uh, got his, I don't think he, I don't even know if he graduated high school. But uh, he, uh, remember he wrote a book about his life or whatever, but he was in school, and one of his teachers told him that he'd be nothing but a grave digger because he used to grave dig graves or whatever. I mean, fast forward now, he owns like six different companies and 12 different funeral homes, cemeteries, and it's just like a, like he's just super smart and, can, and just like started from the bottom. So like I like to talk to him a lot because he just knows like, because he started from the bottom and then worked his way up, so he just knows the grind, what to do, how to do it in general. Yeah. That's why you got to love old people. Yep. Yeah. 
Which I think, too, you can also see... Like, if someone wanted to come talk to us, they don't see where our life goes. Mm-hmm. With an older person, you can see... They're more at the. They're closer to the destination yeah. than they are the beginning. So it's to be able to go to your wife's grandfather and say like, okay, like you you've gone through something and you did something correctly to get where you are. Yeah. What is that? Exactly. Yeah. So I would say even you are your grandparents still alive? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I would I would talk to them. Dude, I love talking to my grandparents. Yeah, especially one on thing my I didn't side. really I didn't get a hold of this until I mean that's the story of my life. I'm a late bloomer to everything, but uh. I wish I would have talked to my dad's, uh, my dad's dad before he died, because he's got this crazy story. Like, used to sell cars in Minnesota. He got offered a contract to pitch for the uh, Boston Red Sox and turned it down because he made more money selling cars. <laughs> yeah, and then moved out to Arizona because my dad's mom slash his wife died of like breast cancer or something like mm-hmm. that. So they moved out to Arizona because they had the best thing. But anyways, he like sold jewelry. He did, I'm like hearing all this stuff from like my dad and my uncle. I'm like, dude, I wish I really, you know, like 10, 10, 12 years ago, talked to him more and got a little more insight. Yeah. Because old people are cool, dude. Yeah. Except for when they're old and grumpy. They can be mean. Yeah. My grandparents on my dad's side live about four miles away. My grandparents on my mom's side live about three miles away. So we're always seeing them. And I, my grandfather, he's the stereotypical old dude where he goes to breakfast um, with one of his buddies like six to seven days a week. Same time, same place. Essentially, yeah. the waiters come up. And it's the Is he racist? Order. No. <laughs> my grandpa was. My, yeah, my mom's dad. He wasn't racist. I talked to my buddy Jeff about this because he's met him a bunch of times. I just remember growing up, he always told me that I was playing the wrong sport because I played basketball. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so just like, all right, dude. All right, pops. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather on my mom's side especially, I go to breakfast with, I'll go to breakfast with him like uh, once a month. I've got security for my church, so got to be up earlier. So I'm just like, hey, if I've got to go eat anyway. I'll... Security? Yeah. You going to church in the hood, bro? Uh, yeah, actually, we are. Yeah, <laughs> 59th and Glendale. That's where I used to. I almost lived over there. Yeah, 63rd and Peoria is not that far. That's still a different neighborhood. Oh yeah, but 59th and Peoria or Glendale is a little rougher. Just that whole yeah whole Glendale. Yeah, but anyways, um, so I enjoy talking to him. Like, and one of the things with my grandparents' story is my grandfather worked in the same job for like 40 years, 35, 40 years. So yeah. he got the watch like when he retired, oh, yeah. all that good stuff. So, um, but the interesting thing about his story and him and my grandmother, they've been married for 50, over 55 years. Dang. Yeah. And they love each other. It's, they, they love to go travel together, all that good stuff. But, um, They'll talk about, like, for them, they didn't do anything spectacular. Like, he worked that same job. He wasn't some high executive, anything special like that. But he has that wisdom as far as they just planned ahead, where it's like they knew that one day they were going to have to retire, and so they made sure to save their money. And they always talk about, like, there are times when we had overtime and everyone in the company had overtime, and you'd see all the guys get in boats or jet skis or ATVs, whatever it was. And uh, my my grandmother always says, like, 
your grandfather would come home and be like, hey, I'm making the same money as they do. Like, why can't we get those things? Because she was handling a lot of, like, the bookkeeping for the family. Yeah. And she was like, well, it's because they're financing all of those things. And we're not financing all of those things because if overtime stops, how are we going to pay for it? Sure as shit. They're like, guess what happened? When the overtime stopped, all those people lost all their toys. And they also get to say now, they're like, and guess what? They can't retire like we did. Yep. And that's when, because uh, you, don't, you don't buy brand new toys. You buy the used ones for crazy people <laughs> like that who got to use them for a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. I, I love my grandparents. I love talking to them. Even on my dad's side, they're, they would, they host parties all the time. So, like, the family's just always over there, stuff like that. You seem like you got a party family. Not, like, rowdy party, but we like to get together and just be together. We'll play a lot of games. My grandparents will have, like, prizes for all the games. Like, Christmas Eve, uh, we do... Well, we used to. We used to do Christmas Eve and the day after Christmas with my dad's side of the family. Christmas Eve, there's no presents. It's all games, and my grandparents will show up with, like, gift cards if you win certain games. Really? Oh, dude. Everyone in my family is pretty freaking competitive, too. So, it is cutthroat. Yeah, we used to have family game night. But, like, all the kids got older, and then it kind of just dwindled away. should start that back up. I love playing games. You, ever yeah. play, you guys play dominoes over there? No, we Dude, do. Dude, nobody, I can't get anybody to play dominoes with me. Do we? Son of a bitch. <laughs> nobody wants to play a little Mexican train. Oh, I don't know if you can, if that's allowed to be said any, these days anymore. The domino train. Domino train. train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something you did talk about, and, uh, well. What? We talked about this before the podcast, about me ranting on things. The whole uh, people who will go make a speech, and two weeks later, they have like a course. Oh, yeah. Dude, people with courses. You gotta be selective. <laughs> well, what sucks, though, is that they probably make money doing it. Dude, they make That's the crazy thing. fuck tons of money. They make so much money. Like, when you do the math on those things... It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, and but, that's I mean, where like some that's where some of those guys legitimately make all of their money off of the courses, not because they've done anything, but then they get to flex that I've built this big business. But no, you didn't. You sold a course. Yeah, that's why you have to be very specific about who you. There's a lot of people out there that that have built the businesses and done it and then created. You know, they kind of the ones that started it, but there's so many people out there now that let me show you how I did this. Yeah. It's like you started an online coaching business. How did you corks people into paying for it? Right. I don't know. I feel I would feel too much like crap. Yeah. Freaking losers. And I feel like it goes back to almost the old people thing as far as it's like, hey, we want to see you at the destination, but I don't want to see you at the course destination. Another thing with some of this is I heard... You should have your grandpa on as a guest one podcast. Dude, I was honestly thinking about that on the way over here today. <laughs> um, 
Oh, speaking of which, we're actually, I know you're not going to be here, but we do have a guest coming in next week, so. Who's coming? His name's Alex. Uh, he, I don't exactly understand his job, but he works in a very technical field for a company that handles a lot of real estate management. Real um, estate management? Like property management Yeah, companies? property management for like, I think, medical facilities specifically. So he'll he'll explain all of it and... I got to do some research into what he does and all that good stuff. Ask so. him if he has a course that people can buy online. He doesn't. He's a really good dude, though. But the um, there was a guy listening to his podcast, and he was talking about how he went to one of those big events where everyone's speaking and all that crap. Yeah. And he noticed that, like, he gave his speech, and he's like, "I'm," he's like, "I'm a good speaker. I get paid a good amount of money for my uh, speaking." But I noticed that all the other guys who were speaking would have a course for or or a product kind of that they could link to their speeches. Yeah. So they could they're not just getting their speaking fee, but then if if they're connecting with certain people in the audience, they're picking up more customers. And that part doesn't sit well with me. Because to me it then seems that I'm coming to which I've never gone, but you're advertising that Come to our seminar. We're going to teach you something. And then it's more of a rah-rah speech. Yeah. And they give you like one or two little nuggets. Yep. But if you want more... Our course is $499. You know what, dude? I've been... The past like four years, I've been... I want to say before the age of 25, I'm 33 now, I read one book in my entire life front to back. Are you serious? Yeah. It was Where the Red Fern Grows because we read it together in class. Dude, that's a terrible book to read front and And then we watched the movie. It was very sad. But anyways, I've I've probably read like 20 books a year since then kind of thing. Yep. Um, But it is so annoying when like a lot of books are like that. Where they're like, hey, you know, learn how to... Because I don't don't read like uh, um, non-fictional books. Oh really? Yeah, like uh, those. That's like non-real stories, right? Non-fiction is real. Fiction is oh, fiction. Fake. Then I don't work. I don't read fiction books. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, but that's just like I feel like almost every book is like, like the first half of a book they just talk about what they're gonna do and how they're gonna do it. Then they give you two yep. little nuggets, and then they talk about some kind of course or online. It's so fucking annoying. Yep. I was like, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I get that you have a class, you could have a class, like that should be an option, but if you're going to write a book about something, you should teach somebody how to do it, not just how to do how it works, and then if you want to be taught how to do it, go here. Yeah. I don't know, it's annoying, I'm right there with you. Which I feel like it's even, there's a lot of those self-esteem books or... Yeah, those are the big ones. Yeah. If it's about habits or mentality or stuff like that it's like cool i and i feel like something i've learned in the last several years is maybe the more important thing is to be doing oh yeah and because like going back to my grandfather he's not the smartest guy in the world like he's he joined the air force after i think he high school yeah or whatever and as far as from what i'm told it's not like he he wasn't a great student or anything like that yeah but uh he's not living some 
baller life where balling out of control or anything like that, but he has a very great life with my grandmother where they get to go travel. Like they can go travel all over the state several times a week if they want. Yeah. And they're financially stable, but uh, all they did was do the work. It reminds me of uh, this thing I saw on Instagram. I wish I could find it, but it's a real, it's like an ex-military guy talking about how he would, um, he was like the bomb guy. Like he would, they'd get his orders, whatever. He'd make a, a bomb specifically for it. He was just going through like the whole process. He's like, then we're there. I run over there, stick it off, take the, the pad off or the glue. I stick it on there. And then like talking about like he looks back and then he gets, and then like once he gets, here's the three words, he, uh, um, all hell breaks loose. Because he hits the button, it explodes a wall. That he explodes a wall. They enter kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was talking. He he was talking about how like the three words are execute, execute, execute. Mm-hmm. So and he, then he just went into it. It's like that's the problem. Everybody wants to build the bomb, put it on there. But when it's time to execute, they're scared. Am, and they am I won't. building the right bomb? Is there a better oh, way to build oh, this bomb? Is there? Yeah. Did we get everything right? Yeah, he was just getting. But it's, yeah, it's just like that's just the lit, like the mini stuff. Like executing is. 80% of the business. Dude, and I'll even say I it took me several years to learn this when I was working with a general contractor and part of it was because I'll admittedly say like there was times where I was a bitch and I'd be looking to try and find an easier way out of a task. So there there's a good side to that where you start to find efficiencies. Yeah. I think that I'm a very efficient person a lot of times. I get very frustrated at inefficiency. That's what your girlfriend says. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there's a certain point to like sometimes finding the solution or finding a quicker way is going to take longer than just doing it the way you know how. Yeah. And that's going back to the execute thing as far as spend a lot of time trying to figure out what's the perfect way to do something and What's the perfect plan? How am I going to approach this? And instead, it should have just been just going going a direction. Because at a certain point, you'll realize, do I need to course correct? Yeah, that's the problem too. I think Lance was talking to me about this. Um, he read a study or whatever about. He was like reading uh, something about like podcasts and stuff, and he said that forget the number, but it's something around like 90% of all people who do have like started a podcast don't make it past episode 20. I remember him saying that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah. So and we just, made it. Did we? It's not my, I haven't been here for that long. Uh, let's see. November, December. Yeah. We got a couple more months, but yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm getting you drunk live on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know how yet, but we're going to do it. You looking at the time? Yeah, I can't see that far away. We're like 27 minutes in. Okay. I know you wrote in the notes, 2023 goals. Uh, yeah, you don't have to talk about that. Yeah. We can do that next time. Which, I feel like that 2023 goals goes back to like, I used to be a person who, like, all right, I'm, I had like some, uh, physical goals as far as hitting max lifts for things mm-hmm. and i've planned out like four years i need to be at this point by this quarter this quarter this quarter and all the way to 2023 never fucking worked out that's a long time yeah 
But like I, I knew as far as like I wanted to be competitive at, cer- at a certain level. So yeah. it was to say, okay, I need to have this high of a cleaning jerk, this high of a snatch. Like, well, what are? Do you have any specific twenty twenty three goals? Life, business. Um, which I think going back to that, I in terms of twenty twenty three goals. I, in some ways, look at it in 90... I try and not look too far out, rather... My words are all messed up. I try not to look farther out than, like, 90 days to three months. Gotcha. I try almost to just live a quarter at a time. And part of it goes back to that, where I felt like if I tried to plan out four years, it didn't work. It fell apart within that first year. Exactly. If I tried to plan out an entire year, it didn't work. So to me, it was like, okay, like, can we take, like, 12 weeks and make a plan as far as this is the direction we're going for the yeah. next 12 weeks. And then once we get there, this is the direction we're going. And then by the end of the year, we go, oh, shit, cool. So right now, part of the 2023 goals was, I'd say, like, the overarching one that I talked to, um, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but talked to Joe and my friend Bobby about it too, is trying to say, how do we, how do we win? I want 2023 to be a year of winning and overcoming challenges, that being in the vernacular that we have. So part of that for the 2023 goals was um, part part of my goal got a little derailed in regards to getting um, my general contractor's license. I was hoping to have that all wrapped up by the end of 22. Yeah. So um, right now I'm working on finishing my, uh, continuing education hours for real estate. Mm-hmm. Once that's done, probably, if time permits, uh, with other jobs, be jumping into saying, "Hey, let's try and just at least finish up the courses." Yeah, I took a because uh, this this kind of goes like how a little bit how you said you like to plan your goals and stuff. But uh, was it last year? Early last year, I took um, a uh, Tony Robbins not a course, but uh, I. Uh, bought his like audiobook course mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but it was called uh, ultimate what is it called like ultimate Pro- productivity or something like that. Just cuz I was struggling with like time management, all this stuff, balance and everything. But he's got a it's pretty cool like uh he calls it like RPR planning I think or something like that. But anyways, so cuz you know you only like to do like 90 30 days at a time. Mm-hmm. But it's like once a year you actually like write out and it's got a lot like different steps on how to like think like what like what's your ultimate vision for you know your physical body what's Mm -hmm. your ultimate vision for your business so what's your ultimate vision for your love life you know things like that so you write out like it can be crazy it can be whatever you want that's crazy and then like one of the process and the steps is like okay well what are different ways how you're going to achieve that you know, like you, you want to build this crazy business. Well, I need to get my license. I need to write down all this crazy stuff. And then you start putting down, okay, is this a one year? Is this a 30 day, 90 day, one year, five year mm-hmm. or five year plus goal? Right. And then you just break it and then you break it down that way. And you yep. always have that little book for when every quarter you go through it. So it's essentially doing, making, like you said, quarterly 90 day goals, breaking them down to 30 and then weekly and daily things to do. Yep. But because I think that's the best thing because I'm not a big fan of like, oh, what's your new year goal? What's one thing you want to do this year? Yeah. Well, my vision is so much bigger than that, that I'm not going to hit it. But I do have some stepping stones that I want to get to before I can get to that ultimate goal. Yeah. So 
I think that's if anybody wants to check it out, you should go check it out. It's really good. Plus, Tony Robbins is cool. Like he can, I could listen to him all the time. How do you feel about Tony Robbins? I feel like I, you might have a problem with just like the way he does things, like because he's might be a little too loud for you. There, there is a part like you know how there's certain people where you meet and it's just like there's something that seems a little off, and yeah. sometimes there's not like. I honestly have not listened to a lot of Tony Robbins, so it's just from clips or stuff like that. There's just something in his presentation that I'm kind of like, man, it, it seems yeah. a little weird. Well, yeah, it's also because a lot of like the mainstream cuts are him doing those uh, really kind of weird, you know, where you see where he puts his hand on somebody, says something, and like it changes their life kind of thing like mm-hmm. that. Like literally, that's like 1% yeah. of it. Which, and I, I yeah. will say to that as far as what kind of... I, I don't want to say anything negative yeah, because you don't, I, yeah. I don't know. But also there's guys that I think for me, uh, one of the big people I listened to or used to listen to a lot was Andy Frisella. Oh, um, yeah. I used to yeah listen to his podcast. The MFCEO Project. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. that that helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but, mean, I get, I get, I like some of it, but I'm not like all the way into all of everything he says. Yeah, which I... I'm looking more at the business side because I know his podcast has transitioned into yeah. something a little different. But what it you what it was at the time kind of really helped kind of shape and kind of get me going in the right direction. So yeah. and I know that he was all about Tony Robbins and um there there was a couple other guys in the space where it's they seemed reputable who were like, No, Tony Tony yeah, Robbins. I was about to say if you even even if you go on YouTube and like watch his like interviews, like he's fucking smart. Yeah. He know he's just Knows it all. It's just you don't get that. Because I was a little worried. I wasn't searching for anything Tony Robbins. I was looking for something like... Because I bought one book, but it was fucking just like... They were trying to sell me a course kind of shit. I was very irritated about that. So I was just kind of doing some research, trying to find out. And his little program thing kept popping up and up and up. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pull the trigger. If I get duped, I get duped. But I was happy I made the decision. I did that a couple years ago with... uh, I don't know, it wasn't even a course, but yeah, it was good because it was pretty similar as far as the goals, as far as 10 plus, three years, one year, and breaking it down like immediate steps, so it was good. Exactly, yeah, so I would definitely recommend that yeah. 10 out of 10 to go check that out. But I think, like I said, the biggest thing for me was I got stuck planning all the time, and yeah. I think um, it started in 21, kind of when I got my real estate license, but I feel like it's even developed more since then as far as realizing I need to stop planning as much and just start moving in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the same way. Plan, plan, plan. But then I never made like an action plan. So now I've got like daily and weekly things that I want to get done. Yeah. So that's smart. But anything anything out? Some, anything crazy for 2023? We got something I'll tell you about next week. Okay. We, we talked about it off air. The phone remember. call that I took. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we can talk yeah. about. But that. Um, it doesn't even have to be like informative. Like um, this year, one of my goals is to shoot under eighty in golf. Okay. Which is a very tall task because, like, I shoot in the low nineties, high eighties. Yeah. So taking that many strokes off in a year would be a lot, but. Just tired of being crappy at golf. Yeah. 
I don't know what did, I don't know what it is like. I, too many of my friends. <laughs> a lot of people don't too, know what. It too, is. Yeah, too many of my friends are just r- like really good at golf. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, why can't I find anybody that I know that plays golf that is just not good or average? But anyways, yeah. So I'm started. I'm tired of being the shitty guy that everybody plays with. Which I think for me was like I said, uh, talking with Joe and Bobby, and then I know we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago was. Um, trying to put some wins together because I got into real estate and there are certain things that I feel like I did really well. And there's other things that I was kind of like, Hmm, I feel like this isn't working out exactly the way I thought it was. Yeah. Um, so it felt like I was kind of, I was taking it on the shins at the end of last year. So felt like coming into 2023 was starting to kind of pull myself back together from that. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways it was going that's why the winning and overcoming challenges was a big deal to me as far as it's like, hey, let's, I felt like I was on my heels for like two years. And now I feel like, all right, let's see if I can start really pressing forward. And I feel like I've started to see that. And part of it is like, it's not in my control. I know that. Yeah, I, I can see that because you're super, you're, you have a type A personality where if it doesn't go a certain way, that it can start gets frustrating for you. Um, no. or the way you planned it or the way you envisioned it? Uh, not always. Reflect not on that and get back to me. I don't think so. Okay. I feel like I'm a person who's, like, if it doesn't go the way I think, like, it's, I'll take the hits and keep coming back. I think end of last year, I kind of hit a point where, which, all right, no one listens to this, so I'll just be honest about it. As far as, like, financially... Yeah. hit a point where it was like, I can't just keep showing up because this is not going to work in a month. Yeah. So it was, what am I good at? What do I like to do? And where do I have immediate opportunity to start turning that financial ship around? And that was construction. Mm-hmm. So part of what we've talked about with Sledgehammers in the office was we've talked off air as far as there's a big vision for that inside the inside of real estate inside of construction and what that looks like so to me the goal is still the same yeah but it was i always look at the goal is still the same so when i didn't hit my lifting goals previously the goal is still the same we're just we hit a detour Mm -hmm. so and but it's we're still pressing forward so that's that's how i look at it so in in my mind it was kind of i felt like I'd been kicked in the nuts mentally where, and it was just like, I feel like a piece of shit. Cause I'd been talking to because, you other people as yeah. far as some of those goals. And it was like, Hey, just kidding. That's not going to happen exactly how I was hoping. Yeah. But kind of, as we entered the new year, there was a couple things that happened where it kind of, it got that fire going again to where it was like, Hey motherfuckers, I'm back and we're going to burn this place to the ground. Like, in a good way. I was like, okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, prayer. I was like, wait, I thought he was happy about that. Yeah, no, like, yeah, it, it, was, just, it was just all the momentum, right? So it's, I, I feel like there's been a there's been a vision that's been building for a while in regards to what kind of a company I would want to build, um, how I would want it to operate. So it's trying to press forward in that direction. Yeah. So. Change it up a little bit. Yeah. You gotta deal with something. No, I just got a leak that came in. Four hundred and fifty no, 
$45,000. Ooh. Is it a manufactured home? I don't know. I don't know how this thing works that well. I just hit accept. Even though I shouldn't have. Was it off city? No. It was the other one. Hmm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I feel like I'm the only one on the team that gets Ojo leads. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hilarious. All right, he's getting a phone call. So you go take that phone call. I'm going to deal with some of this shit, and uh, I'll go from there. All right. We're like 40 minutes in, so welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. I'm joined by Mason Oxendale, who obviously stepped out to take a phone call because we actually do real work here. Um, Shamrock Chocolate Farm. Chocolate Farms, wow. My head's in a weird spot. Shamrock Chocolate Milk, the whole milk. The half gallons are out today, so we're at a court. Anyways, uh, let's get to some of our numbers. Active numbers uh, for Maricopa County. This is going to be tracking numbers for Maricopa County in regards to real estate. Um, we want to help... My mind's taking a break for a second. All right. These numbers for Maricopa County, we want you guys to be able to use these if you're in the greater Phoenix area to get an idea of what is happening and get more of like a live update. We know that a lot of people are usually behind the curve based on a conversation that just more filters through friend groups. And we want to give you uh, very accurate numbers. And if you're out of the state, then hopefully this just is more of a guideline rather than gospel. But active homes right now, we have 12,310, which is down 1,132 from last month. We've closed 3,620 in the last 30 days, which is down 579 from a month ago. And interest rate is at 6.15%. Two by fours, 325. That was the exact same as when we had pulled it a month ago. Plywood was 1160, which is down 70 cents. And something new that we're going to be tracking, uh, just because I feel like it's going to be easier to track copper prices so this will affect your wire but also a lot of um, some of the plumbing this is going to be half inch copper pipe 10 foot sections 2326 so obviously this is the first time we're tracking it um, but yeah that's where we're at we'll check in obviously over the next coming weeks see if that's trending in a certain direction and go from there so while mason is stepping away we are going to look at our house for the evening. This one, uh, we sat down for the podcast and started thinking, all right, what do we want to look at? There's certain criteria that we, we try and focus on. We try and find a house that is interesting to us. So sometimes that means the comps are skewed or it's a house that is in an area that we think is undervalued for what it is, or like we said, overvalued. So anyways, um, this one, it is from our brokerage, uh, being listed by our brokerage, Realty One Group. If you guys want to check this one out on um, Zillow, you can. It is 5636 East Mockingburn Lane, Paradise Valley, Arizona. Paradise Valley, uh, if I remember correctly, is the most expensive city in Arizona. Um, it's Paradise Valley or Scott, so i got to double-check it. But I believe Paradise Valley was winning that one. Um, so this house is killing it because it is listed at $25 million. This house is top to bottom, just beautiful, but there's certain things in this house that are more of novelty. So 
feel free to put this on pause, pull up Zillow and then press play as we kind of go through these pictures because some of the rooms, they're just elegant, beautiful furniture, crystal chandeliers. The light fixtures are amazing. You've got a lot of decorative work in the ceiling, which that's, that's a big deal for people who don't realize it. The amount of manpower or man hours that goes into a lot of those details in the ceiling with the trim molding, because you're having to have someone up there or a, a group of guys who are coordinating the distance for all of those cuts, getting that done, getting it up on the ceiling, usually requiring a lot of scaffolds, things of that nature. So, um, looks like they've got a bar area, but then we get into, I'm not sure exactly the flow of this house, but it looks like, I, I want to say like it's got 50s gas station pumps in a game room with a ping pong table. The floor is that checkered red and white. So it almost feels like it has that very 50s vintage look to it. Um, but then they con they go right back into crystal chandeliers, the beautiful rooms. They've got art pieces throughout, piano like a piano in this great living room. They've got multi-slides, which Joe and I have been talking about as far as those huge glass doors that basically turn a wall into glass that operates. They've got the they've got an office that um, is wood, and those same details are in the ceiling, but a lot of it is a lot of that wood millwork rather than um, if it's MDF board or even just painted white MDF board. Uh, huge kitchen, two islands, one for cooking, one more for the breakfast eating area. They have a pool, looks like a 25-yard lane pool um, off of the balcony. Then they have more of a recreational pool outside. Basically, think of $25 million house, theater, gym, humongous closet. Uh, they've got it. Enormous garage. I think it was, uh, let's see, garages for 31 cars or 21 cars without lifts. So, oh, look, here it is. The garage with five vintage gas pumps, photos of 1932 planes on the interior. Uh, we jumped into the house just while you were gone. Um, had a $4.5 million remodel done in 2015. So it's this place is over the top. They've got a playset on the property, RV garage. Like this is, it's five acres. It's a compound. Like this, this isn't necessarily a house. This is, this is a compound. It is awesome. 18,000 square feet. Seven beds, 10 baths. What do the comps look like, Thaddeus? Didn't even look, because when you get into a lot of these luxury things, a lot of it is going to be very subjective. So the most expensive house to have sold on the MLS, I believe, was $29.5 million. I believe that was Randy Johnson's house, right? No. That was one that Joe and I both worked at. Uh, we call it Lot 1885. Um yeah, it wasn't Randy Johnson's house. But um, that's not the most expensive house that was built in Arizona, but that's the most expensive one that sold on the MLS. So this one, we're looking at $4 million off. And when you're talking about at this level, that means you're in the upper echelon of those houses. This is a very unique house. A lot of the houses in this area are going to be on one to two acre plots. So sometimes 
it's quite a chore for someone to be able to buy up five acres to be able to combine them to put one house on it. So in terms of comps, it's hard to do when a lot of these houses are almost one of one. You looking up the Randy Johnson house? Yeah, I was just curious. I think he said, well, because it wasn't on the MLS. He sold it. It was on the MLS for the longest time, though, I think. What was it listed for? I don't know. I'm not going to talk out of, out of term because clearly I don't know anything. <laughs> How'd your uh, phone call go? It was good. Looking for some some land in Tonopah. Yeah. Tonopah. I've sold a couple places on Tonopah. Nice. I don't mind driving out there. They looking to put a house on it, manufactured home? Yeah. Yeah. The house, yeah, so we just got to, I'll look it up later, make sure it's zoned. Nice. This house is sick. The 25 million one? Yeah. All right, here's, I've worked in. What are they offering? 3% commissions, too? Damn. Do we want to do that math real quick? Honestly, we should be able to do it off the top of our head. We should, but I never claim to be the smartest person. What? 7.5 mil? That's way too much. <laughs> 750,000. That's it? I guess that makes sense because yeah. the, what's, that, what's that show on Netflix? Selling Sunset? They're yeah. making freaking like three mil on deals and stuff. Yeah, 750,000. That's a nice little pretty penny. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of salaries. That'd be insane. Wonder, do you know who owns this house? I mean, the monsoon doesn't show anything. It's an LLC just like everything else. All right, so here's the trick. You take the LLC mm-hmm. and you go to Arizona Corporation Commission. Yeah, I think I've done that before. Yeah, it's hilarious because there's one. All right, there's this piece of property that was um, listed on the MLS for a bit and it was being sold for $50 million. It was in Paradise Valley, and the family that had owned it had owned it for a very long time, but it was an expired listing. So I thought, hey, I might know the some builders who would be able to purchase it and be able to use it and build on it. So I was going to try and kind of make a connection because it was an expired listing, but I was told that it was already being tied up with something else, so ended up leaving it alone. But I can't find it, dude. What the heck? That LLC? Yeah. Arizona Commissions? Arizona Corporation Commission? Yeah. Entity search. Yeah. That's where you do it. Yeah. So, um, it's not popping up. Here's what I think some of these people do they buy it through an LLC. And some, like I was talking about with that land, they bought it through two LLCs. So they bought it through a company that was owned by another company. And then once you get, basically it's that point, you could figure out who actually owned it. And you could learn, I learned about the family, stuff like that, track down who was still alive. Like I was going in deep. Um, but what some people will do is they'll buy it through an LLC and then closed, uh, I think they closed down the LLC or something like that, so it's no longer active. 
Oh. So it provides more anonymity. And I could be wrong on that, so if someone wants to fact check me, go ahead. But that's what I feel like I've seen before where people will kind of shut things down that way. That's smart, actually. Yeah, right? But, but that is weird, isn't it? That, like, how can you have a company that doesn't exist anymore on a deed? Uh, I don't know. There's got to be something in the... Something somewhere else. Probably. Unless it's, like, a... Um silent l company and maybe it's an out-of-state company or something i don't know like what silent l is huh what's silent l a silent company yeah um how's that legal a silent company basically like it's just a placeholder so we can go right now and create an llc that doesn't do anything what doesn't so it doesn't have to be under somebody there's going to be a managing partner yeah Part of it might be is the LLC might be out of state, which I'm not sure exactly how that works, but because I thought they'd have to be registered. I don't know. Over our heads, we'll check into it. It's registered in New Mexico. Really? Yeah. All right. On the podcast, we're just going to stalk this person real quick. Did you find the owners? Yeah. I'm not going to say online, though. We have right. so many listeners. We're going to mute it real quick. We'll be back in just a second. But I'm right. It's that guy? Yeah. Well, they can Don't show see. the camera. Well, I mean, this is all public information. We could literally say it's. That's true. James Ryan. Because <laughs> this could be inaccurate as well. That's true. I don't know. Who cares? Badass enter- house. This is for entertainment purposes only, starting three minutes ago. This whole podcast is entertainment purposes only. Exactly. Don't take any legal, medical, or. I don't know. Don't take any advice from us. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, what do we want to get into? Uh, it's almost 7 o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. That means nothing to me. We're about an hour in. Are we really? Yeah. Oh, snap. We're at like 55 minutes. Do we want to just call this one shooting the shit? or? Uh, probably. All right. Anything else we do want to talk about? We could just... No, next week I did want to talk about... Uh, because for some reason, more pe- more and more people get into the the, the uh, manufacturing mobile homes. Yeah, it's not as simple as it sounds. Yeah. I yeah, had a, I had a guy. Um, how should I do this? Ex lover. No, there was a gentleman who reached out to me in regards to having the general contractor that I'm working with currently. Um, possibly build a garage on this house that they're buying. And it was going to be a 16 by 40, ground up. He wants it custom. Uh, he's going to be running some heavy equipment out of it. Uh, and 
he was coming in, and so I was talking to him. I was like, hey, here's who we are as a company. This is obviously not the one that I own, but it, I'm kind of playing sales at that point <clears throat> At that point for the general contractor that I work for. And uh, he, I was like, hey, just want to get an idea of what's your expectation of cost? 16 by 40. So um, I think it was... I gotta look at the square footage. Doesn't matter. But um, he was like, "I'm hoping to keep it under thirty thousand dollars." I was like, "All right." Um, I just want to be very transparent with you right now. I know that at Home Depot, they sell tough sheds for their six. What are they? Sixteen by twelves for just under six thousand dollars. So if I were to buy, if we were to buy three of them and stack them side by side, obviously you're looking at $15,000. And I, I was very polite. Like I, I wasn't trying to tell this guy that he's not in the right ballpark or anything like that, but just trying to let him know like, hey, here's kind of the reality of the situation. Um, I was like, so we could get three of them and we're halfway there already. That's not including any concrete work. That's not including any electrical work. That's not including any permits, site plans, grading, like everything that goes into it. Yeah. Also, that is not custom. They build those tough sheds essentially in a factory to mm -hmm. where it's puzzle pieces. So when they have someone come out to assemble it at, their, at your house, they put the pieces together, attach them together, very solid structure. But um, with... When you say custom, you need me to come out with a tape measure to follow a print and say, okay, this needs to be pulled at this dimension, all those things, because you have a certain vision that you're going with. Even if it is roughly a little bit more cookie cutter, um, if it's not a tough shed where you give me all my Lego pieces and I get to put it together, that price just jumps immediately. So it was one of those things as far as the prefabrication on a lot of these things is can really skew. So did you build that RV garage for him? Um, no, because I had this conversation with them earlier this week. And he, he decided to pass? Uh, he didn't return my call when I told him, hey, here's what we're thinking as far as price. Oh. And it was around 100 to 130000 Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's 640. That's all right. But to put that in perspective, that's a 640 uh, square foot garage. And the general contractor that I work for, we work on high-end finishes. We deal with a lot of things that are going to be uh, very quality uh, intensive and then also trying to maintain a, a very efficient uh, flow throughout the project. So we don't go – he doesn't go advertising that, hey, do you, do you need a job done? Because we can do it. Yeah. He advertises that, do you want something done beautifully? Yeah. Then – or it, do you have something that's complicated? Give us a call. I'm curious now. I feel like you should follow up with him and see if he ever actually got it done and how he did it and how much it was. Yeah, which I know that he was in the process of buying the house. So he was still in escrow. Oh, okay. But anticipated it to close. I think it how was. How much was the house? I'm not sure. It was a cash deal, though. That's what I know. Yeah, but like, like was it like a $400,000 house where that shed was going to be like... 25% of what he was already paying for the house, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was? Well, I, I, oh. honest, I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but... So what you're saying is you're expensive as fuck. 
everyone's expensive as fuck. Do, like, cause you heard even, I was taking a phone call with a guy that I'm working with right now, um, before the podcast and he was looking for a piece of land to build on. So he had talked to one of his friends in regards to building costs. And then he had talked to me, we had talked about it last night and I was even giving him some numbers in regards to what we charge for ground up or even remodels on price per square footage roughly. And, um, he was like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, like, yes, we are working usually with higher end finishes, but like, even if we take a low end of that number, it's still very expensive. And a lot of that goes into the amount that people charge for the labor. So don't get anything built these days. Essentially. Strike on construction workers. Strike on construction. After they finish building my house. (laughs) (laughs) And then come in and renovate your house. Yeah. Not renovate. They just need to change a room. Yeah. I'm still shopping around. It's fuck off. The renovation. All right, it make makes sure you, it sound cooler. Make sure you uh, label this podcast. Be like, if you're really fucking bored and got nothing else to do, <laughs> listen in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do we want? Is there anything else we want to talk about that <laughs> no. we feel like is good information for people that's more than just us kind of shooting the shit? Yeah. No. All Tune right. in for the manufactured home talk. It's interesting. Yeah, it'll be two weeks out. Um, for the people that do listen, we appreciate you. Uh, if they do, they don't listen this far at all. So Probably fucking not. I don't even listen to anything that's an hour long. So if you do listen this far, we appreciate you. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. We're going to send you some merch. Um, yeah, at Saito underscore building for what I'm doing in construction. Uh, at that AZ Realty for the stuff I'm doing in real estate. Mason. At Mason Oxendale for everything Mason. Yeah. I'm there. Life, kids, family, yeah. real estate, Which basketball. Is, speaking about our 2023 goals, f- totally forgot that we've got a bunch of stuff on the horizon that we're working on right now. <laughs> we do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to make it a little more professional. That and then there's more stuff, but don't worry about it. So I'll get. That's when you know it's time to call it quits. All right, 2023 is going to be a good year. We appreciate you guys. Um, Yeah, we'll see you next week. Got a guest on the podcast. Enjoy. I forgot to do the sign up.